Birds often display unexpected ingenuity. They're famous for building nests, and those nests come in all shapes and sizes. From tiny woodpecker holes to giant, kiddie pool-sized eagle's nests. You may expect that sticks and foliage are mainstays in bird construction, but one avian family nests with interesting building materials. And one species gets their materials from strange, if not unscrupulous, sources. But sustainably sourced insulation is one recipe for success in life, death, and taxonomy. Welcome back to Life, Death, and Taxonomy. It's your 30 minutes of interesting animal information. I'm Joe. And I'm Carlos. Thank you to Cassie for our theme song. Hear more of Cassie's music by searching Cassie Michelle on YouTube. Today, we're talking about a bird with a penchant for piracy. Ooh. But more on that later. You went the same direction that I went. Really? Yeah. The source I found was using that word, piracy. Oh, really? Yeah beans we have a lot to talk about then just to just to uh dispel the mystery here let's talk about what we're what this animal is it is the fork-tailed palm swift so if you don't know anything about birds you probably would not immediately identify that as a bird (laughs) Uh, yeah Um, but no it is a kind of bird swifts are a whole um order no family of birds Um, yes and um yeah, so let's let's, talk, let's give it some nicknames. I'm well, kind of proud no- of these ones. What little known fact? Did you know that Taylor Swift is short for Fork Taylor Palm Swift? <laughs> That's one of my nicknames, the Taylor Swift Tail Swift. <laughs> T Swizzle. Well, I'll I guess I'll say that one first. Um, the the neo it's actually called it's also called the Neotropical Palm Swift, which just talks about like where it lives. Um, but we, we'll call it the Taylor Swift, Tailed Swift. That's one. Um, we can also call it the hottest Squamata. <laughs> um, the Cape Kevin Bacon Bird, which I'll talk about later. And Parrots of the Caribbean. <laughs> yeah. They're not which parrots. Which I'll also, also talk about. But parrots play a role. Let's taxonomize this bad boy. Because this is a bad boy. Like, this is, this, 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 uh, this Tailed Swift is trouble, trouble, trouble. But we'll get into that. So, the kingdom is the one that you know it, you love it, you're in it. And that kingdom is kingdom Animalia. Phylum is Chordata, because it's a bird. Class is Aves, because it's a bird. The order is Apodiformes, which is looks like no feet. Because <laughs> A being anti like not having and then pod being foot and then formies looks like looks like no feet actually it literally in greek means footless or foot loose <laughs> footless the family is a potidae which is a keurig owner's life verse uh, <laughs> the genus is tacornis and the species is squamata the hottest squamata tacornis squamata is the binomial nomenclature which is this just does not sound like a bird to me but it sounds like a lizard because <laughs> of uh, the stomatopoda or whatever. Um, so since we're in the business of naming things, let's move on to a little segment I like to call k k k 
critter groups. The part of the show where I ask you, Joe, a question, and that question is the same every time. What is the name of a group of this animal? What is the name of the collective noun for this animal? Or is the name of the term of venery for this animal? All the same question. So we're talking about swifts. And this is the... There's just some good ones. So I'm excited for this one. Um, I like birds because each, like, uh, family of birds has its own name for a group. It's not all flock, so it's much easier than, like, fish and stuff like that. So, if you saw a group of swifts, would you say, would you call that A, a blasting swarm of swifts, B, a beautiful belligerence of swifts, C, a screaming frenzy of swifts, or D, a smart haddle of swifts. <laughs> a screaming frenzy. Blasting swarm, beautiful belligerence, screaming frenzy, and smart haddle. Never had to do doubles, but here we are. We're going with smart haddle on this one. Alex. Is it final answer? Far, that's a final <laughs> answer. I, incorrect. The answer was, uh, you should have gone with your gut. The answer was screaming frenzy. That's just insanity. <laughs> it is. It's insanity because that's not what they sound like. They don't. They don't scream. That's much more like the white bellbird. What's a haddle? I don't know. I made it up. Oh wow. Okay. The f belligerence, like I'm pretty sure you've used belligerent like five times. Oh uh, really? I love that word. It's one of my favorite words. Um, and it, it works so well because it's like assigning an emotion, ass assigning like a demeanor an animal that you could never actually assign it to so it really works as a term of venery or just if there's like if there's really um just warlike animals you could you could call them a belligerence there's got to be a belligerence of something out there and eventually we'll land on it and you won't think it's you won't think it's the answer but it will be the answer <laughs> but until that day it's a screaming frenzy of uh swifts which, yeah, like, doesn't make any sense. So let's talk about where they live. It, was, it is called the Neotropical Palm Swift, but the Neotropical is an entire um, latitudinal range. So they live in the marshes and forests of Trinidad, French Guiana, Brazil, Colombia, Venezuela, and Peru. So they like kind of northern South America, but not Central America. They're, for some reason... Um, so they they hang out there. That's why they're in, they're in the they're in the Caribbean. So they are, they 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 are piratish and they do live in the Caribbean. You ready to hear about what this thing looks like? Sure. All right. They are about as swifty as swifts get, which means they have slender bodies, large pointed wings, and short beaks. When they're in flight, they look kind of like a moth that's all stretched out and pinned to a board, or a batarang. Either one. Narrow winged. Well, yeah, I guess large is not the right word. It is, it, they're, they're long pointed wings. Yes. It's not large, long, long pointed wings. They are narrow and they're kind of, uh, you know, the angled downward. They're very aerodynamic looking. They have the characteristic forked tail of a forked tail swift. Um, but it wouldn't be the first time that we've worked, we've talked about an animal that was grossly misnamed. Though, you know, Grima Wormtongue, they said they had, he had a forked tongue, and I didn't see it in the movie, so I was a little bit disappointed. It's a metaphorically forked. Metaphorical. <laughs> it's a metaphoric. Metal fork. Um, if I saw one of these swifts flying overhead, I would assume it was a swallow because of the tail. 
But then an ornithologist would berate me harshly and tell me that the retrices on the swift's tail feature a completely different interlocking microstructure before taking away my binoculars and my fun bird-watching vest with the fish hooks in it. <laughs> Ornithologists, they, they're serious. And they could tell right away you weren't, you know, you don't even have the right hat. What right. do you have fish hooks for? Because it's my outdoor hat. <laughs> <laughs> that's about, that's what it's for. Um, I tried to look up a detailed picture of one of these swifts, but um, 80% of the images on Google are of the bird flying, so it's not really that detailed. There's and a reason for that. The others are in of it neck deep in its weird little nest, which we'll There's a reason for that. talk about later. Do you know the reason for that? I don't. Oh, okay. Well, we'll talk about why that. that I was hoping to see one just case. perched somewhere so I could get a good look at it. It's feathers oh, and stuff. A reason for that. <laughs> you want to tell us a reason or do you want to wait? Uh, uh, it's it's part of the major fact. So okay. I'll all right. Leave all right. it for there. I won't, I won't jump the gun. All right. So um, it has, it, I, I can confirm that it has tan to dark brown feathers on its head and back with cream colored feathers on its underside, belly, and uh, neck area. So I guess that leaves one final thing to talk about with its description its size relative to nonsense sure yeah yeah (laughs) uh good because welcome to the beloved measure up segment the official listeners favorite part of the show the part of the show that where we present the animal size and dimensions in relatable terms through a quiz that's fun for the whole family it's also part of the show where we introduce that's introduced by you when you send an audio of yourself saying singing or chittering the words measure up into ldtaxonomy at gmail.com we don't we do have a new measure up intro this week from uh, Wizard Gandalf. Wizard Gandalf? The Wizard Gandalf himself. The, wh- what? He's the white or the gray. I even mentioned Lord of the Rings already in this episode. I it just, doesn't like, say if it's white or gray. Did I summon him? You did. He's been sent back but, uh, so that his, he can complete his task, which is to introduce measure up. But he can't directly... He can't directly uh, interact with the creatures of, of, of Middle the Earth. The quality of the podcast. No, no, no. That would be against the um, the Mayar or whatever. Wow, we're deep getting lore. we're deep getting lore. deep <laughs> deep lore, Lord of the Rings lore. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> without further ado, the listeners' favorite part of the show. Oh. Nope. I want to listen to the whole song. Keep playing it. We can't. We'll get demonetized, which is not something that could really happen to podcasts. But right, and also we're not monetized. So that was a cruel, cruel joke, Wizard Gandalf. Is that? I was hoping that maybe, like, after ten seconds of it, he would say. It sounded like it sounded like you could actually hear him recording it, like because he he stopped it, and there was some like shuffling happening. You couldn't have thrown he, a little measure up right at the end there? Because he was dancing. He was shuffling because he was, he was dancing to, <laughs> he to was Rick Astley. He was dancing on our, on our graves. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. Well, I, I mean, I, I don't know if I should be surprised that this is the first time we've been Rickrolled. We've, yeah, we, we've we got John seen it already. We've, yeah, but at least there was a measure up in there. Yeah. You know what? If you're going to Rickroll or John Cena or TikTok meme us, then... I mean, at least interrupt it with a, a measure up, you know? Goodness. 
But thank you for participation, I guess. I wish he had put a measure up in there, but so do all who live to see such times. But that's not for them to decide. <laughs> all you have to decide is what to do with the time that is given to you. And what we're going to do with the time that's given to us is talk about length. It's about okay. 13.2 centimeters long. All right. That's, How much? What is that in English? I don't know. All right. It is 5.19 inches. How many palm swifts go into the length of the Caroni River in Trinidad and Tobago? Technically, it's in Trinidad. Yeah, Trinidad's one island, Tobago's the other. But, but it is the l- largest river in the country, which is Trinidad and Tobago. Right. It's not a very big country. Uh, but here's the hint. It's the longest river in the country and on the island of Trinidad. It goes through many of the most densely populated areas of the island. The current in the river is apparently very strong, and it often floods. Okay, so we're going with length? We're going with the length of the river. All right, I'm going to say 300 miles. That seems like a lot. That's like the length. That's like 300 miles. That's from... It's it's like from Fort Lauderdale to Jacksonville. It's between you and me. <laughs> and that's too long for a river in Trinidad. So I'm going to go with 100. I mean, it might, it might have some twists and turns in it. We'll go with 150 miles. No, 100. 100 miles. Um, I'm glad you went with that because I'm pretty sure that... The island of Trinidad is not 300 miles across. Well, I know, but maybe it has some twists and turns and oh, it, whatever. Oh, just like it corkscrews all the way through the... <laughs> like in like zero rivers in the history of anything. <laughs> the, the one of those classic corkscrew rivers with the cool spiral shapes. Doesn't... The Amazon has that like snake-like curve. Oh, yeah. Like an S-shape, sure. But yeah. like a corkscrew? <laughs> yeah, where, like a... Where it loops... Like a really advanced water slide. Yeah, no, uh, it's not. There are def- there are tubes, natural tubes. It's, that's it's the- not. It's not the Incredible Hulk roller coaster. So yeah, hundred miles, which still might be a little bit long, but we're gonna go with it. Five inches. So hundred miles is five hundred and twenty-eight thousand feet times twelve, which I'm not about to do in my head. I now remember. I now know how in my head how many feet are in a mile. Um, because Bibby has been watching Remember the Titans a lot, and there's a scene where he says, where he he asks one of the one of the kid, the football players, how many feet are in a mile? Five thousand two hundred and eighty. And he says, you pick up his football and you run all all of them. So my answer is six point three million. Why does she watch it? Wait, 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 no, wait, no, wait, no. My answer is one point two million. She loves that movie. It's a good movie. She watches it over and over. Well, she watches it like every other day. That's a lot. Yeah, that's like I'm, that's like me and the Lion King, when I was uh, in elementary school. Yeah, if you like a movie, watch it a lot. It's better than watching movies you don't like. That's true. <laughs> Final answer. Yeah, one point two million. The correct answer is three hundred and three thousand and thirty. Oh, that's right. Three zero three zero three zero. Tiny river. The river is twenty five miles <laughs> or forty kilometers long. Yeah. Yeah, I should have... Uh, it's a little Caribbean island. I know, I just... Maybe it goes all the way around or something. I don't... <laughs> I didn't even know there was a river in Trinidad. 
300 miles, you could just look at Florida and then look at Trinidad and Tobago and know for a fact that's impossible. Okay, so I was Unless it's a spiral that goes all the way around the country into to the center. I started with 300 just as a, a point. I started with 2,000 because I know that's like the Mississippi. Um, and then I I brought it down to Florida, and then I brought it down to like Fort Lauderdale to Orlando area, and then you cut it down even a little bit more. Because I don't have a map in front of me with Trinidad and Florida. All I know is that it's it it is shaped like a T, which is very appropriate, um, <laughs> and that's about all I know. I just don't kind know. Of, it's more like just a blob. It's a blob with like a big shelf on top. Looks like a T. Looks like a fat. Oh, tea. I see what you mean. All right, so that brings us to weight. Uh, there are about eleven grams. Um, how many swifts go into the lethal dose of salt? Huh. What is you don't you don't have the eleven grams. In, in America terms, do you? No, I can't remember. 0.4 ounces. <laughs> Thank goodness for uh, the internet. All right. Half of a... What is it? For, a fourth of bread? Yes. I looked it up in... Uh, a one ounce is a is a, the weight of your average... Um, not loaf. Bread. Slice. slice of bread. Although I wouldn't... You, you could tell me it was a loaf of bread, and at this point I would believe you. <laughs> Uh, here's a hint. Uh, salt can be removed from your body through sweat and urine. And if you eat a salty meal, you can purge it by drinking plenty of water. But taking too much at once can be more than your body can handle. Um, Hmm. also fun fact, they measured lethal doses of things, uh, in, it's, it's abbreviated LD50, lethal dose of 50%. And that means... This dose is enough to kill 50% of the population tested, which means, like, if you're testing it on mice, then if it only kills, like, 3 of 10 mice, then it's not a lethal dose. Does that make sense? So, So, like, some people... Some people might react differently to different things, and, like, some people are bigger, some people are smaller, and there's a lot of, like, variations and variables and stuff like that. If it kills 50%, though, it's considered a lethal dose. Okay. Well, welcome, everyone, to LDT, Lethal Dose of Taxonomy. <laughs> That's very um, true. Yeah. Um, how many l- giant Latin terms can someone listen to before they just die, before it kills 50% <laughs> of the population? Um, <laughs> all right. So uh, a tablespoon is not a lethal dose. Because you can put it into a recipe and then eat that entire recipe and not die. But 10 tablespoons might be a lethal dose. Um, again, but like it's just these these units of volume and these units of weight, I just don't have a reference for. So we are going to go with, I'm go with 10. It, uh, the, the Palm Swift is 0.4 ounces. So I'm going to say that 4 full ounces of salt is lethal ld50 which means that four ounces yeah i don't know an ounce is like a million pounds at this point so uh yes an ounce is always heavier than i think it is and well here's the thing i'm i'm not wrong i mean if i'm if i'm over then i'm not wrong technically (laughs) it's just at the minimum lethal dose 
I, I could because I, I could say like you know a pound of a pound of salt is a lethal dose, and yes it is, but um, I'm gonna go with, I'm gonna go with a quarter of a pound. That's a lot. That's a uh, lot of salt. Okay. All right, two ounces. Fine. We're gonna go with five. About five five birds worth of salt would kill okay. you. Okay, five swifts. Yes, five salty. Five birds. super salty birds. You are correct, sir. No way. 5.09 oh. Swifts, 56 grams <laughs> or 1.9 ounces of salt. Is the nice. Wow. I Sometimes I'm supposed to go with my gut, but sometimes uh, second-guessing myself is the way to go. You're, but when you when you pointed out that um, it just seemed like a lot, yeah, four, four ounces, when I thought of it. Honestly, I have it. I have it all in grams. So when you said four ounces, I'm like, that's nothing. No, but when I, th- when you, but it's actually it's like a quarter of a pound twice as much. So yeah. when I think of it as a, qu- oh like gosh, an ounce is humongous. if I had a McDonald's quarter pounder worth of salt, I think that would kill three people. So, um, <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Nailed it. So much better than the length one. All right. Are we, are we good? We did it. We've we measured kidding. it. We're good. All right. So here's some fast facts before we get into the major fact. So, T-Swizzle tends to fly low over the marshes and scoop up flying insects. That's how, that's how she hunts. Um, and uh, they have low, or they sorry, they have short buzzing calls. Despite being called a screaming frenzy, it's a, their, bu- their calls like a short buzz that sounds like a cicada burp. It's like, bzz, bzz, bzz. That's not what I would call a screaming frenzy, but... I would call a group of seagulls a screaming frenzy before I called this. What's <laughs> that? Um, or crows. Yeah, there's lots of birds that sound like they're screaming more than this one. And uh, that's about it. I think the rest of it has to do with uh, with your major facts. So we'll save it for later. Okie dokie. Uh, so here's the major fact. I'm calling it pirate preners. Many birds make interesting and intricate nests. We've already talked about the bower bird that builds a sophisticated stick hut to impress his mate. But palm swifts build particularly unique nests. First of all, they they nest in palm trees, which is pretty interesting. As their name suggests, swift nests aren't your typical stick circle that other birds make. Swifts like to nest on the sides of things. So there are certain swifts that nest on the, like, on cave walls and stuff like that. But palm swifts in particular nest on the underside of drooping palm leaves. So no stick fort will do when gravity is pushing your house and home to the ground. Instead, uh, swift nests are light uh, in plant material, but heavy in saliva. Yum. That's how my house is. (laughs) So some swifts make nests out of bird saliva entirely. They weave these spit baskets <laughs> <laughs> that are stuck to the side of can, a solid object. Can you get object. that on Etsy? <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm sure. And they put their little eggs into them like a little pouch. As soon as the, the their saliva kind of hits the um, open air, it solidifies and gets pretty hard. So if they like sleep with their mouth open, I wonder if it's just like a hard waxy coating. On the inside yeah, of if they mouth. if they drool in their sleep, they're just reinforcing their house. <laughs> so if that all sounds really delicious to you, 
uh, and you have a few thousand dollars to spend, you can get yourself a bowl of bird's nest soup. The soup is an Asian delicacy, uh, which is also said to have healing qualities. They eat this bird spit basket? Yes, they do. And guess what Guess what property they is the most attractive about this, that they say that Eastern medicine says about this? Just take a guess. Oh, um, does... Does the uh, does the bird spit increase um, your ability to run without growing tired? No. <laughs> you, you do. You, will you mount up on wings like swifts? No, it's not. You don't get the powers of. There's the a lot bird. of east. A lot it of does, eastern medicine has to do with gaining the powers that's of animals true. that you eat. That's true, but. This thing does what everything in Eastern medicine does. It's an aphrodisiac. Oh, I was going to say virility, and I've decided to not go with that. Uh, actually, I'm, I was going to say that's not true, but, you know, who knows? Who does know? I think I would rather eat um, some the opera singer's algae, uh, like <laughs> singing algae, than this. People forage for these nests, which are often hard to find and harvest, but the demand is so high that a pound of bird's nest could go for... More than four thousand dollars. So how are these? How have these guys not been like nest poached to extinction? That is a real problem in the places that eat bird's nest soup. So, well, part of it is that they're actually it's really hard to find. They often like to, especially palm swifts, they nest in you know swampy areas and they're hard to find, uh, and they don't nest where normal like birds nest. They they're like tucked away so it's hard to find these guys and that might be the only thing saving them but uh it is like a lot of like animal wildlife like uh food sources it's it's dangerous because it could dwindle populations it'd be easy to just to it's an easy fraud food it's like yeah yeah this is bird spit soup you uh, just enjoy that. It's definitely not a bunch of sticks I found. Put some <laughs> chicken broth in there. Enjoy it. Enjoy. Okay, so fork-tailed palm swifts prefer shag carpeting over hard spit floors. However, uh, their nests are made of a of s- some plant material, but it's mostly feathers and saliva. Not their feathers, mind mm-hmm. you. They need those. Instead, they collect the feathers of other birds, especially pigeons, and parrots. So just like off the ground underneath their nests? Yeah, yeah, right. No, because they prefer fresh feathers. Uh. Uh, but this is also a problem because palm swifts spend most of their lives in the air. And this is also why you can't find a picture of them perched on anything. It's because they don't they, have any feet. They're called a, uh, a pot of formies for a reason. Uh, well, they, they you, if you look at most swift species, they're, they're often like either flying or nestled against some surface, like a cave wall. Uh, so they, they may only land in palms to nest. Otherwise, they're out and about in the air. Hmm. So it's hard to get a picture of them landing because they only land in their little n- nests. Oh, that makes sense. So how do they get fresh feathers in the air? So some reports suggest that they collect airborne detritus or feathers that are floating around that in the air that have been shed by preening birds. But recent studies report that they launch airborne attacks against other birds to pluck their feathers. 
right off their backs. Excuse uh, me. That's yeah. very rude. When a bird flies close to palm groves, swifts will attack by striking the middle of their backs to pluck out a mouthful of feathers. Sometimes they'll even play with these feathers afterwards and come back and collect anything they dropped. Larger birds barely react, apparently, but smaller birds sometimes maneuver to avoid attacks and hide in trees. Yeah, I feel like pigeons would have a bad time with that. Yeah, because they, they're slow flying. They prefer slow flying birds like parrots and pigeons. Other birds like ducks are more dangerous because of their fast flight and erratic flight patterns. So it can be dangerous. But the the person that the whose like study I was reading said he thinks that they would just go after any bird that flies near their palm. Uh, but they prefer slower birds, but they'll go after other ones. But ducks will do barrel rolls, in apparent, apparently, which doesn't seem right. Uh, but they're very dangerous to go after. The ducks ducks um, um, do seem like they struggle so much flying. Um, or at least the muscovy. They're apparently very fast when they fly. Muscovy ducks are they're relatively big birds. They just seem like they're they're really having a hard time of it. And um, they just... Muscovy ducks are very big for ducks. They are pretty big for ducks. But I'm now surrounded by Canadian geese. And now... The idea of large waterfowl has taken on a different different meaning because these guys are huge. Egyptian geese are kind of taking down south. Florida, geese are but, rude, but it's apparently not as rude as the swift. Uh, so it can take a pair up to three months to construct a nest. And the author of this study suggests that it could be because it takes them that long to pirate all the feathers they need. It sounds like the sparrow isn't the only bird pilfering in the Caribbean. <laughs> but that's all I got. Should have been Jack Swift. That would have made sense. I'm <laughs> sure it would have been just as memorable. Isn't that great? It's a pirate of the Caribbean. Yeah, it is. A bird pirate. And it, it attacks parrots, so there's parrots of the Caribbean. <laughs> <laughs> parents of the Caribbean. That would be that sounds like a, a movie with Jason Bateman. <laughs> where he he's like engaged to a Latin woman and he's it's like and there's something with pirates involved. And, and he's, uh, and yeah, her parents are pirates. <laughs> that's 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 a very and, Jason Bateman thing to happen to. And there's like very humorous, but there's they're they're in like real danger, but they're humorously unaware. Or they take it in stride. Or he's the only person in the whole movie that takes this seriously, and everyone else is uh, having a great time with it. Have you ever seen The Man with the One Red Shoe? No. It's a movie with Tom Hanks, and he, the the FBI or the mob or something or both think that he's like some sort of like spy informant, mysterious man of mystery, and everything he's doing is like some sort of signal, but it's actually, he's just kind of like a eccentric musician and he has no idea what's happening, and he keeps giving people the slip just by accident. That's the whole movie? Yeah. Huh. Is that the is that it, the ending of the movie? I don't need to watch it now. No, there's other stuff. Like, they send in, like, this, like, other spy to seduce him, and he doesn't realize anything. And she's like, he's so, he's so good. He's, like, he's a top spy, and he's just, like, a guy. Very different from Bridge of Spies, the other Tom Hanks movie. <laughs> yeah, with spies. 
<laughs> with Tom Hanks movie with spies. All right. Um, all right. That was the fork-tailed Palm Swift, the weird tiny bird that steals feathers from other birds mid-flight and then disappears into uh, the night to go stash those feathers on Treasure Planet. So do you have anything else? That's all I got. All right. So for you out there in Podcastia, feather your nest, take care of your young, and drink up me hearties yo-ho like the fork-tailed palm swift here in Life, Death, and Taxonomy. Hi, LDT listeners. We want to welcome all the new listeners that have joined us. The numbers have been up in the past few days, and since we're not that tenacious when it comes to marketing ourselves, we know that it has a lot to do with recommendations from our listeners. If you've recommended the show to a friend, we want to thank you. If you haven't, let somebody else who might be interested in Animal Info know where to find us on the web. As always, thanks for listening. podcast <laughs> hello it's me Bobby. <laughs> that's pretty good all right ready whatever you say bobby bobby <laughs> that wasn't that great that was i can good. only i can only say bobby in that voice <laughs>